This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. All right. And on our first episode, we have Chloe Hudson, arc welding angel. Chloe is a precision TIG uh, welder and fabricator. Welcome, Chloe. Hi. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm super pumped. I've been following your journey for a long time. Um, super stoked to have you on. I, uh, I want to get to know more about you. I want to get to know all the stuff that you're in. I mean, you're doing some pretty crazy stuff. Um, as a, uh, as a novice amateur welder, um, definitely envious of your skills. And so, uh, being able to do the stuff that you do is, is, uh, something that I would, I would love to achieve in my future, but um let's get to know you a little bit more chloe um where are you based out of a little bit of your background and how you got to where you are today um so a little bit of background i actually didn't always want to be a welder i really wanted to be a plastic surgeon initially and um my entire high school career i spent pursuing those i guess uh goals in uh, my senior year of high school i literally had no more science i could take nothing else that pertained to a health sciences uh, degree and i had to fill my schedule with something i had a piece of shit old jeep a 1998 jeep cherokee and um the group of guys that i kind of ran around with also had jeeps and trucks and it was our shared interest and uh, I really couldn't contribute much because I was, of course, my main focus was pursuing this career and as like a plastic surgeon. And um, so I wanted to learn something that could apply to my life and be helpful. So I took the welding class um, that my uh, vocational school offered and really took to it, loved the instant gratification that came with it, loved the fact that I could improve markedly every single time that I did it, and really, um, really loved it, honestly. It kind of it became an, a passion that I never really expected to have. And so fast forward to graduation, I went to start doing clinicals, did them at the VA, horrendous experience, <laughs> so I kind of had to rewrite what I really thought my future was going to look like and um, started working in maintenance in the nuclear sector doing a nuclear shutdowns uh, outages and I really noticed that the paper tag guys you know all the guys that came in with new trucks and clean shirts and you know they big pimping on site they were all craft guys and you know, I, I was like, man, maintenance sucks. You know, we get all this shitty work that nobody else wants to. And now, granted, it made me a lot more grateful now that I have this station in life. But, you know, I did all the terrible jobs. You know, if there was a, a pump that was leaking and had to get cleaned out from underneath it, I helped do it. If we had to get repainted in the turbine building, I had to do it. Paint abatements. I mean, everything you can think of, hanging lead in the reactor building, um, it just, it was lots of good life experience that I kind of knew I really wanted to hone in my focus on something. And I applied for higher level jobs and I had this great resume. And one of the recruiters was like, uh, you're a jack of all trades and a master of none. I have nothing I can do with you. 
And it really kind of stuck in here that I had to master something to be able to demand a premium for the work that I did. And that's exactly what I did. I went to trade school. I had two credits from high school passing a a plate test doing stick welding. So I kind of was already ahead and um, jumped on that. Took two years, got my degree, um, ended up with a lot of American Welding Society certifications which kind of gave me a little bit of a leg up um especially with my lack of experience directly as a welder in the field so i was very blessed that the school that i went to offered that um i won the stainless steel category for skills usa um welding out a three inch stainless steel pipe so pipe welding combo welding was kind of my wheelhouse yeah it's what I was most used to. It's what I saw the most in the field. And I really kind of took it from there and went from um, nuclear maintenance to building dry cast storage containers that held spent nuclear fuel. And go. those were all uh, predominantly stainless steel. So that was a great stepping stone and moved into um, uh, turbine, <clears throat> hydroelectric turbine unit shutdowns and refurbishment and that was a lot of really heavy industrial uh, welding and I kind of always had it in my mind that I really wanted to do precision TIG because that was the art of it that was the the beauty of welding to me and so I would take my lunch breaks and stay late at work and take jobs and components that were that called for MIG welds or sick welds and my boss Mike Garner actually (laughs) let me take my own personal time take longer to tig weld it so i could really hone that that part of the craft and that's what ended up leading to this position um my current boss shane love he and koi gibbs had this this project this endeavor which is joe gibbs aerospace where i currently work and um they actually pulled my work from instagram I had started using Instagram almost like a portfolio Interesting. as an easy, yeah, as an easy place to kind of direct people to what I did my day to day. Cause honestly there's, there's, especially when it comes to trades, it's a perfect place to kind of put your work out there yeah. and get critiques from other people in the industry. So, you know, you know, like, you know, I think every every welder it kind of falls into that trap of you know the b- beautiful blue and purple welds, yeah, and yeah. I, there was always a lot of discussion about you know the quality of those welds, and you know come to find out you're really looking for that perfect stainless steel shiny wheat colored, which was great because when I transitioned into titanium, that's exactly what they were looking for. Yeah. Um. So I, I tried to take my criticism constructively and do what I, I need right? to do with it. But that's where I am now. I work uh, I work for Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, I, I'm in their aerospace program. We build airship components. It's primarily titanium hubs. And so that's what really you see the most on my Instagram right now. So when you refer to airship, that's nothing different than just an airplane, correct? Correct. So it's just a different type of aircraft. Okay. Um, uh, it's think a Zeppelin. So okay. they're, this is the modernized version of a Zeppelin. Okay. Interesting. Yes. So yeah. how many, how, how often are you building one of these creations or? So technically we're on P3, which is the third generation okay. of this particular airship. So yeah. they're, they've gotten progressively larger with each stage. And um, it's a, a humanitarian effort. And uh, Sergey Brem is the one funding it. He's the old CEO of Google. And uh, the humanitarian 
portion of this effort is these airships would be deployed to disaster areas. They'd be based on like military air bases mm -hmm. and it would give an opportunity for power, Wi-Fi and, and essential needs to be housed in these airships and they could stay put. So instead of having an aircraft come in, drop off and leave, you know, here it is kind of like a, a floating safe haven, if you will, and if just power and Wi-Fi to really help those people in need. So that's kind of, that's where we're at with that major project we've got going on right now. Wow. I mean, yeah. to, to be honest with you, I mean, the, the blimps or Zeppelins as we would have called it is, I mean, yeah. I've only seen them recently with like uh, NASCAR and a few other, you know, sporting events, but it's interesting to see that they're somewhat making a comeback and if so they're yeah. being used for other than marketing and advertisement needs so. right and it's it's funny like you get so used to doing cool stuff that i forget that if i'm short on airship parts i do nascar race car parts so <laughs> we have a four car team here um it's the 18 19 20 car and 54 car so your fedex car bass pro car yeah dewalt car obviously um, racing the cup series Yes, Cup Series. I've actually done a part for every NASCAR series they've got. So Truck Series, I mean, uh, even Xfinity Series. I did parts for SRX Series. So I've been, I've been, they keep us busy up here for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, I just, you know, when we, when we came on with Brunt, we, we, our first major sponsorship was Mason Massey in, in the Xfinity Series. And um, it was wild. And now this year he's actually, he's going full-time truck, so um you know we're excited to stick stick with the driver and and so we're going to be a truck series team and we're excited about it cool yeah. that's super exciting yeah um so obviously now we're two days ahead of every major race but it, it is what it is yeah so um that's interesting because i've talked to a lot of mechanics i've talked to a lot of welders and um you know it's interesting because like at least in the automotive side, when we were talking to um, one of the pit crew um, personnel, uh, they had said that they went through, you know, Universal Technical Institute and then went through the NASCAR Institute. And that's kind of how they got into it. Um, you know, some welders just say, I just weld, 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 and then I get an opportunity. Um, for you, when you had talked about schooling, where did you actually go to, to secondary schooling? You went to trade school first, but then you did a secondary schooling. What was that a welding Academy or was that? Well, I actually did, um, a Tri-County Technical College. Yep. So they offer a two year bachelor, uh, associate's degree, not bachelor's degree, associate's degree. Right. So I got my associate's degree in applied sciences nice. and my minor was, uh, well, my major was welding. So I, that's, that's you graduated like I had to take core classes but my main focus was welding and they did like I had blueprint class that kind of thing I had history of welding I had uh, each six month period was dedicated to a particular type of welding so we got a lot of hands-on shop experience that was yeah. honestly fantastic the way that they had it lined out for us but I didn't do an arc labs I didn't do something where they really threw you in a booth I'm not a, a massive believer in that I think that there's some people who can really pick it up and, and do it. But for me personally, I need time under the hood. I need that one-on-one -on -one from an instructor to kind of be like, Hey, no, you know, your toes aren't, your toes aren't fused in well enough. You got cold laps here, you know, you need to make it more even, you know, everybody on Instagram loves dab well welding. It's pretty, it looks nice. 
I had never done that yeah. even in school until I got out in the field, ironically enough. But what they taught me there was such a, a such a good foundation for everything that I picked up later yeah. because it was solid. It was all everything that they taught me was the the textbook way of doing it, and it was it really helped in in the end, especially for someone like me who is just such. I'm very critical yeah. of, of myself and it's, it's something like that where you actually can kind of learn it all encompassing about welding and it not just be a forum or, you know, your buddy down the street or you pick up really bad habits because you learn from somebody and that's all you've done for the first six weeks. And so I got very lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, I'm sure I'm probably one of those ride. people. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but it's oh, it's it's actually funny because that's the the conundrum that I talk about, especially with, um, you know, going to actually a high school trade school into a um a technical community college to potentially right. a, a for profit UTI MMI Wyotech something like that. Um, or just, you know, going straight into the field or trying to find certifications on your own uh, right. that way. Uh, one point you did bring up that I like because as I continued my, my journey um, further and I did get my college degree, um, one of the coolest things that you mentioned was actually getting that two-year degree along with the necessary skills you needed to go forward. Um, I didn't have that opportunity. So I while I had some college credits, I didn't actually have an associate's degree. Um, right. I lucked out because I was able to transfer a lot of them. But uh, had I looked into the the automotive industry a little bit further, I would have gone for something that had, you know, a more than just like a technical certificate. Um, right. That was my mistake. I, you know, I think in the end it all worked out. But I think that's one of the things that I could tell somebody is like, hey, get that check that box for whatever it means. You know what I mean? Just get yeah. that associate's degree, get the bachelor's degree and whatever technology that you got, if it's available well, to you. And for me, for the time it took, and I still worked two jobs. I worked a night shift job. <laughs> I worked a weekend job. I paid for it out of pocket, yep. which is a massive thing for me. I didn't graduate with any student debt at all. Congratulations. Um, I, and I graduated cum laude, which was a miracle, to be completely honest. But I think when you look at technical colleges, people forget that there's there's programs like MicroWork. You know, I was a recipient of one of their um, scholarships, and it paid for an entire semester for me. You know, American Welding Society is another massive one that does a lot of uh, grants and scholarships. And there's so many people who really want to highlight the trades right now because of how important infrastructure is and the fact that so many tradesmen are aging out there. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, that's really what it boils down to is, is when everyone switched over to this kind of just get a, a coding job yeah. thing, you had such this, this boom of students that went that direction that everyone forgot that, Coding doesn't matter if you don't have the infrastructure to get there. (laughs) And I think it was a really, really rude rude awakening these last couple of years, especially with these natural disasters. And you realize that your plumbing, it's like a plumber, your pipe bursts in in Texas and they can't get a plumber for six months. It's not longer. And, And I think those situations really puts the importance of tradespeople and people's faces. And it's something that's undeniable. And it's, you know, it's not just some hairy, hairy guy with his butt crack hanging out. Like, no, these are people who are extremely educated, extremely good at their craft, Absolutely. like have honed it, have have put years into it. And 
the thing about it I like to tell a lot of people is, is like I can learn to do your job. You can't do my job. <laughs> like a lot of times it's 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 not all created equal. A lot of yeah. these people are you might be the 1%, but even if you look at welding, it's such just an umbrella term. You know, there's so many things that are associated with it. Even, you know, from engineering, structural, if you drove on a road, thank a welder. If you have, you know, if you use your cell phone, thank a welder because, you know, there's cell phone towers, the soldering that goes into the pieces in the phone itself. All those things are so imperative to our day-to-day that, I'm really glad that it's kind of finally getting that attention it really deserves because I fell victim to it. I couldn't tell you what welding exactly was, (laughs) like especially the vast kind of, I mean, there's, there's so many things that go into it. And I, and I was definitely one of those people who didn't even really take that into consideration. Well, I'm sure our listeners have probably heard this over and over again, but still, I mean, it's, I, our school didn't, our high school didn't even promote any of that stuff. I mean, we had computer lab and a few other things that were more geared towards uh, the technology side of things, but home ac and shop class and, and even child development and cooking, like those, those things were no longer. And um, so it was interesting, like when I got my break in the military and then it was like, Hey, what do you want to be? Choose from this book. And I'm like, interesting. So as I got into the military, I realized, all right, what, you know, I come in non-rated. I don't have a specific job. I'm everybody's whatever you want to call it. Um, but so uh, I'm I'm a tool for everybody. And in that process, I learned different trades. Didn't want to be a plumber. Nope. Uh, carpenter. No. Nope. <laughs> so no. I ended up getting into the machinery side of things, which which was encompassing welding and, and fabricating. But mo- mainly, like you had said, the maintenance side of things, like, um, diesel engines, um, generators, potable water systems, sewage systems um you know and the list goes cooling system just went on and on and on so we're doing refrigeration units we're doing this we're doing that but it's all basic understanding and uh then i was able to hone those skills in through through further education and then just like a clear path and direction that i wanted to go but that was kind of the cool thing about starting this was exactly what you said you know there's a lot of trades empowerment out there and uh for me when i first started it like the whole thesis behind my idea of being here uh not necessarily eric's but it was uh i have nobody to to hire like we have a right. shop a guy quits i don't have right. like there's nobody there nobody's asked for a, a, an application i could put it on monster indeed it, it like it didn't matter i could yeah, ask i could ask right. my buddy who's a tenured mechanic at a dealership and he's like nobody wants to leave and and so then you go down to the trade schools right and the trade the automotive class in our area is like 15 towns it was like 10 automotive students i'm like so so out of the graduating class 10 of them are available and it's just yeah and most of them and to to to, to boot most of them are owners sons and daughters so they're they're just like following in their parents footsteps they're going to go back to the tow company or auto body shop that their their parents um had them you know get a basic foundation and so you got like five kids to choose from and you're like this is awesome. or on the flip side of that too you even get like the entitled kids who think that they're they deserve you know top pay right off the rip yeah <laughs> it's like you can't you can't get them you get the, the prima donnas too man it's just it's such a it's, a it's a very interesting world of um non-reality a lot of times for me it's just 
I, I struggle with it a lot because I, I think, um, you know, I, I mean, even my hobbies on the side, I still, it still works. Yeah. And I, I value, I value it. And I, I think a lot of that came from my, my dad and, and the things that he instilled in me, but we're, we're, we're starting to edge into the generation of the kids who don't even have parents that really instill that work ethic right. and that you're the, like the way you contribute and how, how do you, how are you a contributing member to society? You know, and it doesn't have to be traits. Like, are you just nice to people? Like, do you just have good manners? <laughs> so, my, da- my dad said that from day one. Uh, you know, I'm going to make you into a productive member of society. Literally, that was the words out of yes. his mouth. And I was like, I don't really know what that means. But I've found that well, out over you do. time. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, well, it's like, yeah, like now you do. And you're like, okay, and I get it. And now yeah. when you have kids, you're like, no, you're going to take the trash out. <laughs> exactly. Because I said, and that's the only reason you need. They don't listen to me <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> but no, I mean, you're, you're, you're hundred percent right. And you know, back to the point of everybody wants to be that high paid person. I mean, I don't know how many guys we had come down that were like, I want to be an operator. And it's like, here, you're going to grease it. There's 187 grease fittings. Like that's, that's how you learn your machine. You're not just going to hop in it and, and ding around. Right. Um, to be honest with you, I learned that lesson myself too. I mean, I, I came in a little hot when I was younger too, but, um, yeah, it's humbling. It's, and it's good. It's like, you know, start from the bottom, learn from your surroundings and then, um, and it keep you safer to be honest with you too. There's a lot of cowboys out there that think they know it all. And, and really it takes a, a lesson or two for them to, to realize that they need to slow it down and, and do it properly. But, um, yeah. Uh, what, honestly, where do you picture your career going? Like, so you, it seems like you got it. You're, you're, you're in it. Like what's, what's next for you? Well, I actually, um, I, I've, I put it kind of on my to-do list to get my a certified web inspector. Um, and, and I accomplished that and I, I'm really super excited kind of to add that to my repertoire. And I think I'm from that group of people that I'm good. I, I know that sounds crazy. I know there's, there's this constant need for hustle, hustle, hustle. And, Every time you get on Instagram, someone's telling you to be an entrepreneur and, and just <laughs> just shoving this narrative down your throat that if you don't own your own business, you're a slave to the man. And, you know, it's like I think sometimes there's such a disservice because you know what? You can be a good employee. Like you can be someone who wants to be where you work for 10 years, for 15 years, for 20 years. Yep. You don't have to want to own the business. And that's something that that's really the place that I'm at now. You know, a lot of people have come to me and done side work here and there and they're like well why don't you do your own business and I was like, I don't want it I don't want my own business <laughs> yeah you know like I want to I want to come to work I want to clock in I want to know exactly what I got to do I want to put a good part out at the end of the day I want to go home and I want to enjoy my life I don't need to make a million dollars if I stayed with this company in the next 20 years of my life I'm good yeah. I love it here it's clean it's cool there's 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 no shortage of things to learn. I'm constantly, you know, hanging body panels or operating this piece of equipment and machine. And, you know, we, we've had everything from Burger King signs. We've welded aluminum Burger King signs to airship parts, to NASCAR race car parts, and, and, and to, you know, six inch I-beam for morning mast. And so it's, this job is such a dream job for me that, I, I mean, I, I know everybody wants to give a good 10-year plan, but, dude, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm happy where I'm at. No, I mean, that's good. I, it's, it's, 
awesome. I mean, it also seems like with, and I don't know if you encompass this generation, but the generation coming in, they seemed a lot more, um, it was actually startling to, to some of the old heads in the fact that like, they didn't want to work that 80 hour work week. And, you know, they just wanted to do the, the 60 or 50 hours. And, um, you know, then when you start to talk to them, they're like, no, I'm going skiing this weekend. I'm going to enjoy life. Like my, in my view of, of that, like I came from the, you know, the old guard where it's like, you know, you're working overtime, you're doing 12 hour plus days. And then I started to realize when I had kids and everything that, you know, obviously there's a need for that. I'm not, I'm not downplaying that. Oh, at yeah. all. But on the flip side, it's like, I was live, you know, I was literally going home and thinking about work and then just going back to work. So my, my oh, life yeah. revolved around work. And I was like, I, I almost was envious of some of these kids that are like, work is secondary to them. Yeah. Oh, like it's, it's so funny because I was a serial workaholic. I mean, I I guess we're definitely cut from the same cloth. I mean, I used to work six days, seven days. I worked in Massachusetts and they, they, you couldn't work Sundays because union and I got signed off so I could work on Sundays in it. It, I have always. Where'd had, you work in Mass, by the way? Because that's where I'm I from. I worked at Bear Swamp, so I worked at Bear Swamp Hydroelectric, and okay. uh, we did the turbine refurbishment and change out up there. And that's what I did before I came here. Yeah, it was great. It was in a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the first time I'd ever seen 24 inches of snow, and thank God I had a, was driving a truck at the time because man, my little southern ass was not ready for all that. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> so, I wanted more pain, so I, I moved up to Maine, and we get, oh get even more snow. So it was. I actually started dating my boyfriend at that time, and it was so funny because every time I'd go visit him, yeah. I had to go buy girl clothes. I had nothing but hoodies and bibs and boots. That's What's wrong it. with That's that? All I had. Well, it's just, it's just like <laughs> you forget that. Like, oh no, you have identity outside of your job. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people just really lean into the identity of their job. And ironically enough, I come to work here. I start working here. It's four tens. I mean, that's a schedule everybody wants. Yeah. And what do I do? I sign up for social media to do uh, uh, for Tony Stewart racing on the weekend. So I work seven days a week again. <laughs> 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 I, glutton for punishment over here, I guess. <laughs> the smoke. Nice. Um, Man, I tell you what. It, and it is such – and I almost feel like – I can't be real because I love it. Like I, yeah. I, I, it doesn't seem like you're supposed to love it, but man, it is, we, it's just a different town every weekend. There's 24 race weekends out of the year where I'm going somewhere. And then on top of that appearances and it just kind of, it hits that creative bone in my body to, to do social media for something completely different than, than welding. Cause you know, going back to those critics, you don't, I don't have a built-in fan base. You know, you have built-in people who are critical of you because that's the nature of, of trades yeah. is the ego attached to it. Yep. So to have a race team that you get to focus on one driver and their fan base and they come out wanting to be fans of that person, it, it has been a nice reprieve, to be, <laughs> to be honest. Well, sometimes. it's it's wild, too, because he was Cup Series and now he's drags, right? And Oh, loves it. Loves and then it. he also has... What was the what was the race the 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 um... quarter midgets he does quarter midgets too. 
<laughs> so, I mean, Insane. he just, he can't get an, I, I grew up with him as a Cup Series racer, and now he's just, he's moved on from that, and he's doing his own thing. It's there, crazy. It is, it is like a kid on Christmas morning. I mean, every <laughs> weekend that I see him yeah. out there, he is like gung-ho, ready to go. The nicest person I have ever met in my life, and just one of the, the best dudes. His drivers, Matt Hagen, is He's another one of the nicest people yeah. that the most generous, humble drivers I've ever met. It's like one of those guys that will stay on the line and talk to fans all day long. Leah, I mean, I, I've, I've known her last four years, and she is just so embraced that that role of, like, having the team owner as your husband. And it's, you can really see all of these people come together into their own. And it's been amazing. Yeah. I mean. It's it's the second thing in four years that I've gotten to be a part of from like startup, and I'm like, well, this is great. <laughs> yeah, this is cool. It's, it's really cool to see that evolution of it. It's it's wild too because like I mean, um, the the fact that I've I've you know gone up through the trades, military to to being a foreman to now uh, this new endeavor of trying to empower more and bring more lights to the trades, and I had this unique opportunity to work with Brunt, and same with you. I mean, it's just it's amazing that that I couldn't have dreamt this up for myself. And yet, if I had told somebody knowing where I was going to be, what my path would be, they would have told me to go pound sand because we're literally never coming out of out of the depths. And I think there's more and more opportunities for people. And and to be honest with you, it's attainable. Uh, Anybody can do it. You know, I could be replaced by the next guy. Who knows? Right. Um, Right. So this is it's it's interesting it's like hard work dedication um just i mean just grinding it out and and looking for new opportunities and it sounds like you've oh, you've yeah. landed a an awesome opportunity or multiple to be honest with you yeah it's <laughs> great <laughs> so all right so it sounds like you work seven days a week you don't like anything but welding but if outside <laughs> right? outside of that what 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 do you what do you like to do like what is what oh, is God. chloe on the weekends like I am a feminist worst nightmare because like as as gung ho as I am for for this trade and and racing and all that, man, there's nothing better than getting to just dress up, be a girl, make food, bake, cook. Like those those things are something that I definitely like revel in myself and you know, I love the whole antique shopping. I love visiting like historical monuments. You know, I'm I'm honestly like a 62 year old woman trapped in a 29 year old's body. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Like every time we go to a place, like I try and find at least one historically significant something to That's visit. Cool. Yeah, it's just it's, there's so much here and there's so much history. I, I mean, I don't see how you can't entertain yourself forever yeah. just learning about it all. So I I, I really love to to read. Um, I'm a big nonfiction reading enthusiast uh, i really like to learn about the american west and and settling the west in the civil war and past founding presidents and and, and that sort of thing so yeah i'm kind of i'm so boring <laughs> it's basically what it, it comes down to uh, yeah i'm boring <laughs> no 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 i mean to be honest with you um we, we do share in, in some of that uh you know, Massachusetts, New England is, is like full of history. I've lived in the Springfield area, which had, you know, Springfield Armory and basketball hall of fame and up North, the whole, you know, 
the volleyball hall of fame to moving out to Lexington. And now it's the battle of Lexington Concord and all that. Um, and now I'm, I live up in Maine in a house that was built in 1795. So I'm learning oh, yeah. all about the Payne family. They were Coopers, um, or Cooper Smiths. And it, it was, it's just like, I'm in the Payne historic district. We have literally a, awesome. a graveyard on, on site. And, uh, so it's cool. I mean, I, I think you could learn a lot from the past and, um, oh, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. By the way, my wife, um, I got a bone to pick with you. My wife caught your, uh, your closet redo. Um, oh, we yeah, might have to talk man. about that. Often. And that's on transferable <laughs> skills. <laughs> no, it came, came out awesome. I mean, it was sick. <laughs> Dude, I had no faith. I, uh, it, it was one of those things where, I bought a house, 1880. It was my, when my house was born. Yeah. Born, Jesus Christ, not when it was born, when it was built. Um, and I, uh, it's, it was, it, they redid the inside and everything was just contractor grade stuff. Yeah. So I've been, I started with my laundry room and uh, I haven't quite finished it yet, but you know, it was where I like mitered corners and let's learn how to do wallpaper and trim right. and a cabinet. So I've like kind of tippy toed into it. And then one week and I was like, you know what? bucket we're gonna let's try let's try it out yeah. and, uh, i mean it's just i i, I my dad definitely came out of me because whenever i was um little if I, if I wanted anything built by him anything it didn't matter what it was it didn't matter if it was a cardboard box fort i had to write a blueprint and plan and draw it out for right. him and take measurements and honestly what it was is that he just knew I wouldn't do it, so he didn't have to build the thing for me. But <laughs> now that I'm an adult, I definitely uh, understand the importance of it. And so I was at work one day, and I kind of lined it out, and I was like, I can do this. I can. And then you watch two YouTube videos, and you're like, oh, I can do this. I can definitely do this. And you go, and I've got my dad's old table saw up here and miter saw, and uh, I got a hacksaw, too. And I was like, I definitely, I got this. And I went to Lowe's and had him cut out the MDF for me. And the first little cubby... I thought I was going to be so smart. And of course I'm by myself, mind you. And it's an eight foot tall ceiling. So I, I build this cubby out on my porch and it's eight feet tall and I don't put it back on it cause I'm an idiot. And I try to drag this thing in through my house. It fell apart. Like, <laughs> just like, just, cr just flat crumbled. And, and, uh, my poor dog, she's 11 years old and she understood if I opened the door and I was walking through it with something, yeah. she would go hide, run and hide in the bathroom. I think I, I cursed her a few times too many, but it was such a learning experience. And my, I've been in trades for 12 years. Yeah. All right. There's nothing more intimidating for a welder who can put metal back where they accidentally took it out. Hell yeah. <laughs> to do carpentry. There is nothing more intimidating because it's like. Mixing up a batch of glue and sawdust. <laughs> exactly and and it let me it was it was so rewarding i slept yeah. with my closet light on for like three days it just just three days so i'd wake up in the closet light was on i was like man this is this is great but hack so the the thing that i did is i went to ikea and i got like the drawer unit which helped it's such a that is such an easy shortcut and it kind of gives you everything to build off of. Right. So I, that's where I got my depth was that drawer unit. And then I put in one of those shelf units and it saved me so much time. Did I buy enough material where I could have bought the, the shelf unit and, and done it myself? Absolutely. Did it save me a ton of time? Yes. But this is where you mess up. You accomplish these things. And now I think I can do anything. <laughs> I think I can do anything that I need to do for my house. Like, 
sure i can tie in a gas line right <laughs> and that and that's the funny part because i've actually got myself into trouble where you and, and that's where you got to have a good rolodex of people that are actually yes. qualified to you're like hey wade uh yeah, I'm gonna need your help with this electrical problem yes. I got going on here. And yes. then they come over and they're like, dude, you're so what stupid. Have you done? <laughs> exactly. What have you, done? you know, you could have yes. actually the first thing is, you know, you could have killed yourself, right? And... Oh my God. Well, and what I did too, because I had to change out um is a light switch. So I went and uh the maintenance guy here, same scooter. He's I think I just bug him. I bug him to death. And um so I was like, I gotta change my light thing out. And he sent me screenshots what to buy at Lowe's and part numbers and I brought it in and he tied little baby wires in. So that now I knew I just got it. This one goes to green. This one goes to black. This one goes to white. I was like, see, he's like, this is foolproof. If you burn your house down, it's your fault. <laughs> I like, exactly. I understand. I understand. <laughs> I understand completely. Awesome. Awesome. So one thing I like to do in the show is um, I like to plug a tool actually. So okay. Um, it could be something that you aspire to owning or something that helped you out early on in your career. But what is like a number one tool for you, Ooh, either past or present? It's for a welder. It was so funny. So Michael Furick is um, yep. the creator of the Furick Cup, Glass yep. Cup. And I, the beginning of my career, I went to FabTech and I, that's all I wanted. I just wanted one of these $40 cups because I swore to God it was going to have the magic make me better water. And I went to FabTech, drove to Atlanta from South Carolina. It's the only thing I wanted. And the poor fellow just would not sell me one. He told me that when I was a real welder, maybe I could buy one then. And uh, it would not sell it to me. And so I messaged Furek on online. And I was like, hey, man, you know, what have I got to do to get my hands on one of these? I, I want one. I, I don't care. Uh, whatever. And he, bless him. He sent me, I've never paid for a Fury Cup since. And like, he's, you know, he has been ride or die since day one for me. He has believed in everything that I've been trying to do. That's awesome. And as, as a welder and someone I've done, I have a kit for everything. Yeah. And it, I think uh, it's, it's worse than women with accessories because everything costs more. Oh. And that's why if you're a woman in trade, you're double fucked because I like accessories and tools. And <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's terrible. So, but a spirit cup, as, as much as people say they're not necessary, when you get into pre precision work, especially this titanium stuff that we're doing, yeah. that tool is so essential in making your life easier and better. It's insane. That's it awesome. is worth its weight in gold. Spend the $40. The SSBBW that he just came out with, um, honestly, I barely need a trailing cup for, if you go and you look at my page, majority of people cannot believe I do not do any sort of mechanical finish on that weld. That perfect slick titanium weld is how it is, it's how it comes, it's how it is, and it's, the post flow I put on is 30 seconds, and it is insane. A ten out of ten. That's the tool that I would recommend. Awesome. Is that will change. That will change the game for you as a welder. But that being said, you have to use it right. It's forty cfh. I know a lot of people don't want to spend the money on argon. That's what it takes, and and it's it's one of those things. You use it right, it'll change the world. For sure. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, the video is just showing the argon coming right out of it. I mean, yeah, that's how that's magic, right? <laughs> yes, that is that is. <laughs> 10 out of 10 is yes. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, this is the end of the show. Uh, I feel uh -huh. like we've covered a lot of ground. We got to know you a little bit better. Um, 
to be honest, I like to use this part to for for you to plug anything where they can find Chloe on all channels. Reach out to her if any questions or or what have yeah. you. But fire away. Well, I'm Arcloading Angel on everything. Um, I usually just use Instagram. That's kind of been my primary platform. Yep. Uh, I'm maybe YouTube. We'll see. I reserve the domain name. I don't know if I have time to really kind of jump into that. I'd love to. Um, but other than that, I'm keeping it simple. It's Arcloading Angel on Instagram. And if you got questions, ask me. Yeah. Awesome. That. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is super exciting. I love your boots. <laughs> it's a natural fit, right? Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And as a special thanks to our loyal listeners, we're giving $10 off your next purchase of $60 or more at bruntworkwear.com. Use discount code BUCKETTALK10. That's BUCKETTALK10.